Hey, superstars. This is Kelly. We are so glad to be here in your earbuds. I'm with Rebecca. Hello. Yes. Here we are. Um, You guys, it is the end of July and we are so thrilled not only to be talking to you, that you are listening to us, but just that you support us. I hope you know that your support means the world to us and you support us so well. We could not do this without you and we are thrilled to be giving you a little extra special Superstars update here. First, before we get started with just Rebecca and I in our conversation, we want to give you an update from our fearless leader, Meg, who is taking the rest of the summer off of maternity leave. But for the superstars, she wanted to send this message. Hi, superstars. It's Meg. I'm so thankful to Kelly and Rebecca for putting together another overflow episode for you guys. So I have like maybe, maybe five or 10 minutes to pop in with an update. You may hear some little baby sounds, some heavy baby breathing. (laughs) Nico is on my chest in our happy baby carrier, which is saving my ever loving life these days. I would never get anything done nor be able to um, participate in mass if it were not for the happy baby carrier. So you may hear some baby noises. Um, just be prepared for that. So first of all, I wanted to say thank you all who are in the Superstars Hangout group on Facebook for all of the kind, loving, supportive feedback after I shared with you all that I am um, undergoing treatment for postpartum depression. It was such a bummer to um, have to face that down again, and bummer is a pretty big understatement. Um, But I'm feeling better and hopeful that I will be feeling much more like myself soon. I'm about three weeks into treatment. So yeah, um, I shared that in the group. And for those of you who aren't on Facebook, you may have missed that. Um, so I just wanted to give you another update of a few things that I have been into lately, watching, reading, and listening to, um, while I have been on maternity leave. So, so I'll start with the watching category. I watched Stranger Things 3 when it dropped. Kyle and I watched it. I loved the third season of Stranger Things. It's my favorite season so far, although that might be kind of surprising because it is by far the goriest, bloodiest, grossest (laughs) in a lot of ways seasons in terms of the horror element of it. Um, But I just super loved it. I loved all of the plot arcs that were going on. The gore is so over the top that it didn't bother me, even though I am such a highly sensitive person. Um, I thought it was so super intense. There were parts where I was actually scared and I hadn't really felt that way since the first season. I just think it is a fantastic season and I loved every minute of it. I keep saying I'm going to go back and rewatch it, uh, because I just loved it that much. Also on Netflix, an older one that people have recommended to me so many times through the years that I finally got around to. I've been watching this through many middle of the night nursing sessions with Nico, and that's Somebody Feed Phil, which is a sort of food um, food and culture show along the lines of Anthony Bourdain's shows, which I loved, but this is far more lighthearted and funny, and it is a delight. I've seen most of the episodes a couple of times now, and I just keep watching it. It just makes me feel so good. So I love Somebody Feed Phil. I know a lot of you have recommended that to me. I finally got around to it, and I give it a huge thumbs up. I wish there were more episodes and I hope that there will be. Um, another one I finally got around to is Younger on Hulu. This has been one of Rebecca's 
uh, big recommendations. And I know lots of awesomes have really loved it. I finally started. I'm just in the first season. It's a little bit slower for me because I'm actually, you know, paying attention to the story and I don't have a ton of time to really dig into story. Um, so it's a little bit slower going, but I love it. It's super charming. So funny. And it's just pretty great. Rebecca always has great taste when it comes to shows like that. Speaking of Rebecca and things that she's recommended, I have been watching a lot of YouTube. YouTube is so easy for me to watch um, while I'm on maternity break with this baby because uh, we have Roku for our TVs and there's a YouTube app. And so I can just put it on YouTube and kind of let it play. Um and it's, you know, shorter bite-sized episodes. I don't have to like fully pay attention to most of the things I'm watching. So two channels that I've really loved, again, speaking of one of Rebecca's recommendations, I believe this was an awesome of the week of Rebecca's at some point. Um, that's Sophia uh, Nygaard. She was part of the original Ladylike team and left and has been doing her own independent thing. I just, I've, I've known about Sophia for a long time, but I got fully into her channel. I've watched so many of her archives going back years and the girls like to watch her videos with me. Every time there's a new one out, we all watch it together. I just absolutely love her and I'm obsessed with her and Tyler's relationship and I'm so excited they're getting married and it's just a really, really great channel. And I've actually learned a lot from it too. Um, another one that I've been watching it's a channel called Gone with the Winds, W-Y-N-N-S. Um, Jason and Nikki Wynn are a couple originally from Dallas who for a few years traveled across the country in an RV, and then they sold their RV and bought a cruising yacht, a catamaran, and they have been cruising around the world for the past two years, I think. Kyle and I started watching Gone with the Winds when they very first started their cruising adventure, and then I forgot about them for a while, but I have been watching some of their videos and getting caught up in their adventures again, and while I have no desire in my heart to ever be a sailor around the world, I have loved watching them. Their production values are top-notch. It's so relaxing and so easy to just get totally lost in their story. Um, it, it's fantastic. I've learned a lot about sailing again. I have no desire to do it myself, but they're so fun and just a really charming couple and um, super conscientious and make a lot of efforts towards sustainability and being very respectful of the cultures they're engaging with. They're just really fantastic and they've been very entertaining to get caught up with. So again, that channel's called Gone with the Winds. Okay, listening to. I have podcast stuff to talk about, of course. Um, some episodes of some old favorites that I've loved, of course, are Beloved Large Remains, 10 Things to Tell You. I really loved the episode called Where Are You? where she kind of asks where you are in your mind, where you are in the timeline of your life, where you are in your space. It was very good and very timely and very thought provoking. I'm still thinking about that one. All of those episodes are fantastic, but that's one that just really spoke to me where I am right now in my timeline. <laughs> um, of course, I, I forgot to mention in my watching category, I have been fully in on the bachelorette season, which is coming to an end right now tonight as I'm recording this. Um, I have loved Bachelorette Hannah, absolutely loved her. Um, this has been such an interesting season. So podcast uh, recaps have been a huge thing I've been listening to. I love Knox and Jamie's um, 
recaps of those episodes and Aaron Moon, whom I also love, has been uh, a guest on a few of those filling in for Knox as needed. So highly, highly recommend that if you are uh, part of Bachelor Nation. I loved, I hate it, but I love it's coverage of Stranger Things 3. I agreed with so much of what they said about each of the characters, about the overarching plots and character development and this season in general. I loved their recap of it on I Hate It But I Love It, which I've talked about on the main show before. Another one, another favorite episode from a favorite podcast of mine on True Crime Obsessed, they covered a documentary called The Boy Band Con, the Lou Perlman story. And for those of us who are of a certain age, I was just a little too old for the big boy band craze uh, of the late 90s and early 2000s, but I certainly knew who Lou Perlman was and his hand in starting in sync and Backstreet Boys and some other boy band acts. This episode, I didn't watch the documentary, but this episode of True Crime Obsessed um, with Jillian and Patrick giving the recap of that documentary was very entertaining and very fascinating. So highly recommend. And then finally, a new one to me, although this is not a new release, is a true crime podcast called Big Savage, The Death of Alexander Stevens. This one is a very strange very strange true crime story. It does involve a murder, but I will say that, and it's a very sad story in a lot of ways, but also has a lot of very weird elements to it. And the way that it's produced and done is that it's a team of investigative um, journalists, I guess they are. Might have to fact check that anyway. Um, they are telling the story of this very bizarre death of a young man named Alexander Stevens and his friend Megan and everything that went down with that. And um, if you liked the way Emily and I did um, our true crime, crime coverage on Something Bad Happened episode, you might check out uh, Big Savage because it's just people telling the story. There are, I feel like, maybe a few bit, bits of audio, but it's really kind of a, a nice way to hear a true crime story if you don't if you tend to be sensitive to these things, I guess I should say. So reading wise, I have to say I'm not reading much. I have so many books stacked up. Um, the only thing I've been reading consistently is Reddit, which I know not very many people. I'm not really the target demographic for Reddit, but I really, um, again, it's the, the mobile app for Reddit makes it so easy to read and keep up with. Um, I've for sure been in the Bachelor subreddit because that they cover all of Bachelor Nation. So it's been really fun to read and engage with other people's perceptions of this uh, season of The Bachelorette. Um, I also love there's a skincare addiction subreddit that I love. There's a Catholicism one. There's one on makeup that I uh, read quite a bit. So yeah, instead of reading book books and, you know, doing something intellectual with my summer, I've been on Reddit and I'm not even sorry. (laughs) So that's a very quick rundown of what I have been into this summer. I can't wait to hear what Kelly and Rebecca have been up to and what you guys, the superstars have been up to. We're just about to finish the, um, summer stories season series and now Nico's crying, so that's my cue to go. But you guys, thank you so much for your ongoing support. You know it means the world to us. 
So we actually are recording this before hearing Meg's message. So we have zero commentary on what she said. I know. <laughs> but we know that it will be good. So we miss her. We're so glad that she's able to put in these little messages, but also just, you know, mostly take the time to, to be away. So then you guys, you're, I don't know, stuck? Stuck with Rebecca stuck and with I. Us. Yay! Hey, We're that could be our you. spinoff podcast. Kelly and Rebecca, you're stuck with us. <laughs> stuck on you. Yes. Okay, so where should we start? Rebecca, you put that question in the Superstars group yesterday asking if they had any questions. You guys did. You always come through with that. So, so kick us off. Sure. Okay. So first of all, let's start off a little bit with some questions about the show in general. And I'm going to say everybody's first and last names here, and I am fully intending on butchering all of them. So this will be fun. You guys- Equal opportunity butchering. Yeah, you guys, like whoever's name I say the worst, uh, you, you get a prize. I don't know what I'll, I don't know what it'll be, but you just let me know. Okay. So we're going to start with Katie- Zerb, she says, is there ever any serious talk about a sort of awesome live show or retreat or cruise or commune? <laughs> I love the cruise. I was like, oh, please, can we make that happen? Next January, we're going to the Caribbean with sort of awesome. And along with that, I think it's impossible for us to answer that question without also acknowledging Emily Keener's question. Any updates on the future of the show? I miss hearing the two of you on regular episodes. Well, thank you, Emily. So the future of the show. And are we going to do a retreat? Kelly? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You guys, here's what I, I know. What I don't know is a lot, but here's what I know, is that we have talked about doing a retreat or a live show. Some of you know that we did do kind of a quasi-live show back when Meg was at a live show with... Um, the Popcast. The, po- the, pop- the Popcast cast did a live show, and you guys did like the, a meetup afterwards. Yes, and my brain just like completely blanked out there. Yes, we did a little live event afterwards, was really what it was. Meg was the special guest um, for the Popcast, and so then... Laura and I went to Dallas and we had um, a live like after party. It was super fun. That's the closest thing that we've ever gotten to a live show or doing something. Would we like to do more? Why, yes. Yes, we would. But it's just a whole logistical thing of trying to figure out how, when. And of course, with now baby Nico, that complicates things for Meg a little bit to try to get away. So it is certainly something that we have talked about. It is on our radar. We would love to make it happen. Yeah. I think that the question immediately after that is where do we go? Because everybody understandably, you're like, come to Atlanta, come to Nashville, come right. to Seattle. So we don't have any specific plans right now. That's why I say this is an unsatisfying answer. Yeah. But it is something we've talked about. And if you guys are interested, let us know and we'll continue to keep talking about it. You know, and I will say that there was, like you said, there was a season where we were talking about it with a lot more intention. And I, I remember it was um, the summer of 2016 and we were trying to plan when it was going to happen. And I told mm-hmm. you guys, oh, I'm sorry, like I'm being really difficult, but like I'm pregnant. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> when that. When it came to picking dates, we were trying to pick a time and a season when we could do it. And I was like, well, I really can't do it in February. And you're like, well, can you tell us when you can do it? And I'm like, I can't I can't tell you when because, okay, guys, the reason I'm being so difficult, I'm pregnant. Like I'm going to have a baby in January. I can't do a, I can't do a meetup in February. And then, so then I had a baby, right? So that was kind of all of 2017. And then 
2018, and I did kind of, I did clear this with Meg, you know, and we have talked about this on the show, but there was a significant portion of 2018 where we thought that the show might be coming to an end. And Mm -hmm. Kelly and I were, and this kind of goes along with the future of the show question also, but, you know, Kelly and I were trying to figure out what that meant for us as individuals. And, you know, we were processing our emotions of letting go of the show. And then... Honestly, we were not processing them that well. (laughs) We were like... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's there's a lot of boxing yeah. back and forth of like. <laughs> yeah, every, that's what I was gonna say. Every once in a while, Kelly and I would box each other and be like, "What, what are we gonna do?" <laughs> but then, but then we changed our minds. Meg changed her mind. We were on board to continue. And then, as soon as Meg changed her mind, it seems like it was just a few months later she found out that she was pregnant and now she's having a baby. So there has been like major, major things that have gotten in the way of us really even planning too far into the future of the show because of just life stuff. And that's part of the benefit and downside to us doing this on the side, that this is something that we do in the midst of everything else that we have going on in life. It's nice that we can fit it in. But it also means that we have to fit it in. And so right. a live show, a retreat, a commune, it isn't in the works yet, but it's possible it could be. <laughs> Sarah Moore asks, what are some sort of awesome episode topics you'd like to cover and haven't yet? Do you have an ongoing list in your head, Kelly? I have an ongoing list, not in my head. Nothing stays in my head, Rebecca, but I do have a, a list on my phone in notes that I just try to keep. I don't think that there's anything in there that I feel desperate to get to. I do think, because you know this, and you guys, we probably would never say this on the regular show, but just there are some months we are so, oh, this is what we want to talk about, or you know, we can even say here's two or three months worth of topics that we want to talk about. And there are some months we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You look at your list of ideas and you're like, none of these, they're all sound boring now. Like I remember when I wrote it down, I was so excited and now I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to talk about that anymore. So this is definitely a problem for creators of content anywhere that we kind of brainstorm ideas. And if you don't do them, then you, it's like you've already thought about it. And so you're tired of it. So I can't think of a, a show right now that I'm like, oh my word, if the show were to end and we don't talk about this. My whole life would be unfulfilled. Do you have something? Well, n- no. And I don't even have an ongoing list of ideas. Like, I, I feel like every month I'm like, well, I don't know. What are we going to do? Uh, but I would say that there were some shows that as I was doing them, I'm like, yes, this this is one that if I had had a bucket list needed to be crossed off. I really wanted to do an episode about grief. And Meg and I did that uh, grief around the holidays way back when. Yep. And that, that was really meaningful for me sharing my faith journey this past April. That was another really big one for me. I also really was passionate and enjoyed recording the confessions episode that was embarrassing moments edition. I remember I pitched that as a group show one time and Kelly, you're like, I, I don't get embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed. So I can't do that one. <laughs> I was like, Oh my word, but I have so many. <laughs> so those are three that I was really excited to be able to cross off, but I don't even, I don't, I don't really have a bucket list. Yeah, no, I don't either. We're just, I don't want to say we're making it up as we go because we do actually put a lot of time and thought into planning shows and trying to make sure we come up with things that are both thoughtful. We want to try to ride that line, right? I feel like that's what's sort of awesome and the 
the ethos that Meg has built for this show is that we can tackle topics that are thought-provoking and, and sometimes even, I don't want to say controversial, but but deep, right. I mean, you know, like grieving at the holidays or miscarriages or anxiety. These are things that are not just goofy topics. We're not just girlfriend chat. Sometimes I think takes on the connotation that it's, oh, what did you, what are you wearing? You know, like it's, it's not just surface level surface stuff. Right. But at the same time, we want to be able to just have fun. We all know that sometimes we just want to pick up our podcast app and laugh and, and just enjoy hearing from your friends. So yeah, we're trying to always walk that fine line. I know that there have been shows in the past that I'm really glad we've done shows that like, I really, I look back at the, the lessons that we've learned that we're here now. That was a really meaningful show to think about what I've learned through life Mm -hmm. or doing the faith shows, things that I probably, when we first started doing sort of awesome would not have been on my radar. Right. So here's, here's what I would say back to the, to the superstars is that we're always open. If there's something that you want us to talk about. And in fact, even in the questions for this, Rebecca, that you had put it in the superstars, some of your guys' questions, they were so good. I thought we could use a whole show to unpack some of that stuff. You know, it, it could be a more serious show, but it's just, you guys think of really good things to talk about. We do. <laughs> We're think so thankful. So Jennifer Martin asks, have we heard the history of how Kelly didn't want kids and ended up with four? Have you heard that history? Uh, no. You haven't either? Okay. No. I feel like I've told it before, but maybe not on the podcast. And here's the thing is even you and I, Rebecca, know this. We do things in the podcast and we don't we even remember them. Right. right? Yeah. We're like, did I say this out loud on the podcast or did I just think I said it out loud on the podcast? <laughs> right, right. Or for me, since I use Voxer still so much, I'm like, which Vox did I say this in? Yes, I exactly. distinctly remember these words coming out of my mouth, but I don't remember where. So here's the story and I'll say it really quick, which is that <laughs> this is the funny part, which I know some of you are going to remember that when I was a child, um, my mom talked about childbirth in as being the worst experience of her life in the sense of the most painful, it was horrible, you know, that sort of thing, which back then, you know, women didn't always have the, the options that we have today to, to deal with some of the pain. Um, men weren't even allowed in the room. You know, she was a nurse, so she certainly understood what she was getting into and she always wanted to have kids, but she was always disparaging of it. And then I watched a lot of Little House on the Prairie. Oh dear. You guys. Okay. Yeah. That was my, that was my childbirth experience was Doc Baker going into a cabin, a woman sweating and like chewing on a stick and screaming. And he would come out covered in blood and be like, she didn't make it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was all I saw. And so I just went from that early age, like nine, 10, like, nope, not doing that. Um, and that kind of stuck. I did not enjoy babysitting. That was never my thing. I was a horrible babysitter. I babysat like for a couple of years and then I passed all the jobs to my younger sister who loved babysitting and was fantastic. Like would come equipped with kits for the kids, you know, like toys and like, let's make this craft. And I was always like, um, here's some popcorn. I'm going to watch Days of Our Lives. <laughs> so it just wasn't on my radar. It wasn't an interest for me. I was a camp counselor, you know, like when I was 18. And that too was such a hard summer. It was fun. But being in charge of a group of kids, I was like, yeah, see, I could never do this. Like they're driving me a little batty and it's so energy sucking. And friends would say, well, you're not going to have eight, nine year olds at once. And I'm like, I can't take that risk. (laughs) So then when Corey and I got married, he didn't want kids either. Like that was something that we talked about really early on. We were both like, yeah, we just want to be married, but we want to be able to travel. We were both super into our careers at the time. 
So when we did premarital counseling, we skipped half the book, you know, because it said, do you want children? And we were like, nope, skip to page 96. So it really wasn't on our radar. It wasn't something we talked about. It wasn't something we ever envisioned for our lives. So fast forward about eight years, some of our friends are starting to have kids. And I did have that thought. I couldn't imagine me being 60 or 70 and never having had kids or not having people in my life like that. Mm-hmm. So some that was illuminating thought. You know, when I was 16, I wasn't able to think that far ahead. So then we said, well, I don't know. Again, we didn't put a lot of thought into it. We did what our friends at the time, we all called it pulling the goalie, meaning that you're oh, no uh-huh. longer using birth okay. control. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, I'm sorry, wait, you, you switched to sports and you lost me there for a minute. <laughs> I know. It's a very hockey term, um, but it made us laugh. We all would say that if somebody was basically like that was the way they would say to their close friends that they were trying. They'd just say, well, we pulled the goalie. So we pulled the goalie and I got pregnant very unexpectedly. And that's its own story. But when Natalie was born, which spoiler alert, 18 years ago this weekend, she was such a surprise to me because I had never pictured myself to be a mom. I had never imagined what those moments would be like, even as I was pregnant through that pregnancy, it was just such a, I had never anticipated this. I had no expectations one way or the other built into it. It was just every day was a new experience. It was novel for me. So I had this distinct memory of her birth was kind of rough. She was put in that little plastic bassinet, you know, and so everybody left the room. Like it was at the point where I was safe and stable. And so for some reason, like the nurses left, they were going to get a blanket. And I looked over and her foot stuck up above the edge Mm -hmm. of the plastic, Mm -hmm. little baby foot. And I went, it's a baby. Like there's a whole baby over there (laughs) that I grew. Like it just hit me in such a way. And I just fell in love. My life changed irrevocably on that day. Completely different person. And really kind of for my husband too. So within a month of her birth, he was like, let's have six kids. And I was like, dude, I'm almost 30. Wow. Like we did not plan this well to have six kids. So that's kind of how we ended up with four is that we backed off six. Um, but haven't regretted it. So it's really been the biggest surprise of my life is that making this whatever sort of lackadaisical decision changed everything. And I cannot imagine my life without my children. They've brought so much love and wonderfulness that I just am so grateful that I kind of stumbled into being a mom. Mm, That's neat. Okay. Julie Miller has a question for me. How do you like your new haircut? I love it. That's Julie saying. It's so I love cute. It. I don't love it. That's, oh, I don't. Like you don't it. love no, it? No. Oh no, okay, so Rebecca. He- <laughs> okay. So here's what happened. I went to the hairdresser and I said that you know I wanted a haircut. I mean, duh, that's what you do. And I walked out with it probably about three inches shorter than I had requested, and that's kind of a lot. That's, that's a lot. Well, okay, wait, back up because your hair is wavy slash curly. Was it three inches shorter because? She meant to cut it? Like, was that by design or did she just lose track of how much your hair was going to spring up? <sighs> I don't know. Because, okay, so right. here's here's the full story. is I, I get a diva cut, which means that you're supposed to go in with your hair. I was under the impression you go in with your hair washed, air-dried, no product in it. And that way, and then they cut it dry so that they can account for the curl pattern and, like, shrinkage or whatever and all that stuff that you were right. talking about. So... 
I've been to the salon and this hairdresser two other times, and I was going back for the third time. And I was, honestly, I got lazy. I didn't wash my hair. I didn't have time because it takes so long to let it air dry. The, uh. When it was, when my appointment was scheduled, it just wasn't convenient. And so I went in, and I was on maybe day three of my hair. It might have even been day four. And so it was, re, like, curl, like, was relaxing because I don't refresh my curls. I have trouble with that. And so my hair was longer but it was I so I don't know. She still cut it dry. I think she just wasn't paying attention. I think she just I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe I wasn't vocal enough. I had said I want it to about here, and then with layers, do whatever you think is best. And I guess I maybe shouldn't have said that. I don't know what happened. By the time I realized it, because I realized it partway through the appointment, and I was like, this is gonna be so short, and it looked. It looks good. See, here's the thing. Is it I like it the day that I wash it, but with the way that I've been living my life and my hair is I only wash my hair like once or twice a week. And so yeah. for me when it was longer, as the curl would kind of start to fall out of it, it just it just fell out and it just became more wavy. But now it's more unruly. Like it, it the curls don't just lay as nice. Uh, when I go to bed at night, I put my hair up in this little thing on top of my head that they call the pineapple. And it's kind of like a ponytail on the top of your head to control the curls. It doesn't do that as well. It's leaving marks mm. for my rubber bands or that my hair ties more. Um, it just, it's just not as nice beyond day one. And honestly, with the shorter hair, I think it looks youthful. I think it looks nice, but I just don't feel as sexy. Yeah, I, I get that. I think sometimes uh, I think it's, it's cute. like that balance between yeah, like like cute, but then you don't feel like a grown up. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah. And and when I got my haircut, like everybody who saw it was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so cute!" And I was like, every time they would say it, I would cringe a little bit because like there's nothing wrong with being cute, but like yeah. I kind of like I just, yeah, I don't feel like a grown. Like I want to feel a little sexy. You know? Yeah. And so I miss my longer hair. It is growing out. So it's it's just going to take time. But that's kind of my whole story with my hair. It's fine. It's just not really what I wanted. Right. And along the same lines of style, Carolyn Montanati. Notify me yep. for your prize, Carolyn, because I probably said that really awful. Rebecca, what are you loving from Stitch Fix these days? Are you finding it worth it? If this question seems out of the blue to you, then you need to follow me on Instagram. I do Stitch Fix unboxings, and it's so much fun. I let people vote on what they think I should keep and what I don't keep. Here's the story. I had won a prize. I won some drawing that Stitch Fix was doing, and the prize was a lot of credit. I won a lot of credit, free credit. So I'm really cheap and frugal. And I don't go shopping all that often because of that. And, yeah, I just – and it's hard as a mom to do that. So I have been loving Stitch Fix as a way to just, like, get free clothes. I mean, it's been amazing. All these mm -hmm. free clothes, it's been so good. Stitch Fix's prices are – they're not crazy. They're crazy if you're a thrift store shopper. They're crazy if you are a garage sale, yard sale shopper. But they're not so crazy. Like, $50 for a dress – isn't like super crazy like you're it's not like it's like five hundred dollars for a dress so i have really loved it i've loved being able to invest in some pieces that i wouldn't have normally um but would i use stitch fix 
on a regular basis if I didn't have this credit? I, I don't think so, except for two occasions. I'm actually going to be sharing about this on my Instagram is there are two circumstances where even as a pretty frugal-minded person, I think Stitch Fix would be worth me doing again. If I ever need more jeans or pants, because something about the way that Stitch Fix can find the most perfect fitting, fitting jeans for me, they always fit amazingly. It's, a, it's, it's like a miracle. They're a miracle worker with jeans. I would definitely get their jeans again. And they're not that much more expensive than the jeans I was buying. And I requested a box full of dresses. You can request a box full of one item. Usually they mix it up and they send you like one pair of jeans and three tops and like a handbag or shoes or something. But you can say, send me five dresses. And I did that. And they sent me five. It was so much fun to try on all these different styles and kind of realize what shape of a dress. Forget the color. Forget, like, the pattern, but what shape of a dress actually fits and flatters my body the most? And what do I feel the most confident in? And that was just so much fun. And I, I kept a really nice dress. I kept this one. I'm, guys, I recorded my oh. closet. She's recording <laughs> in her closet, so she's showing me. It's beautiful. It is it's a, Is it a navy blue? Navy blue. It's like a lace overlay. It's really pretty. I really, really like it. Um, it has, like, little cap sleeves. Yeah. And does it have, like, a little it, – it's not, like, a tie around no, your waist. but, but it has a, it's a mark. defined waist to it. Yes. So, those, I mean, I think there are circumstances where Stitch Fix is totally worth it. And if you can put it in your budget to pay for the convenience of having somebody send you clothes and not have to go to the mall – because that's one thing I'm learning as I'm getting older. I used to be, like, frugal to the core. Like, the dollar meant the most. But as I become a mom, I'm learning that, like – time sometimes yes. really outweighs the dollar spent and so if you can budget for the convenience of stitch fix i really have been impressed with this year i mean i've basically have been using stitch fix for a year for free and i'm really thankful for it it's been a lot of fun yeah well and not just time i think that also feeling good in the clothes that you're wearing and that's something that can't always, it's sometimes hard to find if you're being frugal, if you're going to the Goodwill, you know, like it's always a crapshoot, what you're going right. to find. Are you going to find clothes that fit you well, that really fit your body type, that make you feel good, or are you just buying it because it's inexpensive? You know, like, oh, well, this is a really good deal, right? but right. it is a little big on me, or it's a little too small, or it pinches a little here, or it rides up. Yeah. Um, finding it's worth it, I have found, not just to save the time. I think it does save time in the long run, because then you have a closet full of clothes that none of them really fit right. Yeah. And so then you're always like, oh, I need to go buy something else, because I haven't found that magic pill yet. But also just having something that you know fits you, that looks good, that's going to hold up after it's washed more than three or four times is it's worth it. Like it's worth the money. And I feel like stitch fix Mm -hmm. is great for that. It's a great price point. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And the price points can vary a lot. When I first got this credit, I reached out to somebody who works for stitch fix as a stylist. And I said, how do I make the most out of this credit? And she said, well, one thing you can do is you can upgrade your account. You can ask for them to pull like, what does she call like top shelf items and I was like, well, that's not... <laughs> I'm looking to get, like, a lot of items. Not really, like, yes. sp- spend it all on two items. <laughs> but you can you can get, like, really high-end stuff, or you can get some things under $50, too. So I- I've really enjoyed it. So Carolyn Montanati, I tried it a little bit different that time. She also has a question for you, Kelly. She says, I have a sweet and innocent 14-year-old, and I'm at a loss for what to do. 
or wait, I'm at a loss for what to get for her upcoming 15th birthday. Google is no help. Where should I look? <laughs> oh, where should you look? I don't know that because I think that is hard, especially if you have a kid who's not into the quote unquote normal things. You know, you can look on Pinterest or Google or even Amazon. You can look for gift lists for a 14 year old girl. But I remember I wrote a post a number of years ago when my oldest turned 11 with birthday ideas for her. And she was obviously 11 is younger than 14, but still, even at that age, you're at that tween age. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at gift lists, it was like, oh, get her nail polish, you know, and she didn't care about a lot of the pop culture sorts of things that those lists had on them. So I was like, they're not really much help for me. So that's why I wrote the blog post. Like, here's some things that I have gotten for her that really worked for who she is. So knowing who your child is, I think is a huge component of it. If you're looking for, I say, you can always look for craft sort of things. I think that kids, there's so many different types of crafts these days that are pretty accessible for kids, even 14, 15 year olds, like those I'm trying to think of what they're called. They're like little diamond, um, jewel-like um, things that you stick onto a sticky page and make a cool um, design like a mosaic. Of, of a picture. Like a mosaic, mm -hmm. only they're super small. You use like a tweezer. So it's more detailed. Um, things like that. I think that also for that age group, if they are especially like 14, 15, and they don't like the typical things or technology, getting them like some fun furniture or posters mm. are things that I think we just don't think about a lot. Getting a, a funky chair. Like a room upgrade. Um, like a room upgrade. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be like the whole room. Right. But I know that we've gotten um, a funky chair or, you know, like a speaker that could go into the side, you know, the side of the wall. Obviously, it's something like a Hobby Lobby is going to have tons of like posters or sayings that are inspirational, something like that. I would also say that, as I mentioned, my daughter, oldest, is turning 18. So what we are doing for her now, because she's still kind of like that, she's a geek, but she does not. So there's things in that category, if you will, like Harry Potter things or Star Wars things that we can get her. But she's got a lot of that stuff already, right? right. That's the, the one problem is if you are like, I really like this thing, or you have a younger child who's like, I like pandas. All of a sudden, they've got 3,000 things because everybody's so happy to know what to buy them. Right. Even Legos. We went through the Lego phase where like every birthday, everybody would get Connor Legos. We have so many Legos. Like, he needs no more Legos. No one in our home ever needs Legos again. Like, we have so many Legos. So then you've exhausted that category. Um, so what we're doing for her birthday is we're doing 18 surprises. And by surprise, I mean anything. It can be very small or it could be big. So this morning, it's the day before her birthday, but we have so much fun to get in. I woke her up early, bless it. She usually sleeps past noon, you guys. This is real life. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it, your like, closest friends are leaving tomorrow on a trip. So they want to do something for your birthday. You have to get up early today. And she's game for that. So just even meeting at a coffee shop, they brought her some little gifts. It was like stickers and a, a big thing of sweet tea because they know she likes sweet tea. So just being seen right. is what means a ton to her. So then we have some other things that we're doing this weekend. Everything from just a small little gift um, to having a friend meet her somewhere to going to a show. So I think that just planning a few surprises. This is what I think a lot of kids want. They want to be seen. They want to be known. So anything that you can find that they like, that they know that you are building into the uniqueness of that. And that's where I can't tell you, you know, who your kid is. But like Natalie's been making a lot of videos on her phone, kind of YouTube-ish videos. So maybe we've talked about getting her something like she already has a tripod for it, but you know, like a different camera lens or even a class 
you know, an online class on better ways to do editing and that sort of thing. So, well, talk about I think that, the logistics of what you're doing for Natalie. Have you announced to her that she's getting 18 surprises? Like, does she know like up front? And then are you, and then are you saying? For surprise number seven, it's your favorite breakfast. Like, how are you? We're kind of doing that. Yes, yes, we're kind of doing that. I'm trying to put numbers on things. I'm trying to take pictures so if nothing else, we can go back and be like, look, there they were. But again, I'm trying not to put big pressure on this has to be 18 big things. It could be like, here's your favorite candy bar. It could just be something fun. I think that it's more about the experience of saying, I know what you like. Um, and, and here are some ways to celebrate you. So for her, she likes to be kind of surprised, but not totally surprised. So saying, like I did last night, I'm going to wake you up early because we're going to go out with some people that you love. That was still a surprise to her last night. Um, but it wasn't like I woke her up in the middle of the night and was like, get out of bed. We're going right now. So we're, for her, she likes to have some input. Okay. So here we're, we're going to, we're going to get into a pretty big question. (laughs) And I think that some of these questions kind of tie in together. So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to read all of them. So Leanne Swarbrick says, what's working in the season for y'all? For y'all. 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 Did I say that part right? For y'all. What's working in the season for y'all? What's not working? And Laura Key chimes in and says, I love this. Also, Kelly, how are you currently feeling in terms of work and family life, especially with school starting soon? And because I know this all ties together because of how you and I are functioning right now, we also have the question from Kathleen Durbin, what's surprised you so far about your summer? So I think that all kind of ties in. Summer, what's working, what's not working? Kelly, how's your work-life balance? Even though I think that's a bit of a myth. How's that all going? So here's the thing I was actually saying to Rebecca this week is I feel like For a lot of us, no matter if you are a stay-at-home mom or you are working without kids, summer has expectations on it. It, It's supposed to be this season of grand fun, drinking from a fire hose. You know, you only have so much time, like get out and enjoy it. And oftentimes our expectations are not reality. Like they're not even possible to meet in reality. In fact, I just thought of this. My sister had said to me, Last week, she's on a vacation right now. They're road tripping from Minnesota to Florida. So they're stopping along the way. They're going to be gone for like two and a half weeks. And she said, yeah, I just realized that I think my bucket list is unrealistic, (laughs) like my summer bucket list. And I was like, what do you have? So she was reading me this, like, we're going to, you know, bigger things. Like we're going to go to the amusement park in the Twin Cities and we're going to go do this museum and we're going to go to this baseball game. We're going to, it's a lot. And I was like, yeah, that's a lot. And she's like, yeah, I, but she said now, and I'm, I'm sure some of the awesomes are going to relate to this. She said, but now that I've made the list, to not do the list makes me feel like I've lost. Like, mm, like I feel yeah. like I need to try to cram it in, which is crazy because then you just get yeah. grumpy and like, you can't like rest for today. We have to get to the list. It says we have to go to the park. We're going to the park today, you know, which is nuts. So she's like, I think I need to take a lot of this stuff off and just leave the small things, which is, you know, like blowing bubbles after dinner with the right. kids, you know, those things that are more attainable. And that's true. And I think we all do that in our own way. We look at summer and we say, oh man, I can't wait to do all this stuff. And then especially right about now, it starts to catch up with us. So I've been feeling that, of course, as I've said many times, because I've gone back to work, this is the first summer in forever that I've actually had to be at work. So what's happening is we actually did go on a little vacation with our best friend's a couple weeks ago, and then we still have family camp ahead. So there are times that I'm not working, that I've taken off work. But in those things, family camp is 
super fun, go, go, go. And even when we were with our best friends, because it was a limited time, it was super fun, go, go, go. It's not chill. Right. And I am missing the chill. Okay. Okay. Because I used to have that. I used to have like, you know, if you were tired, you'd say, you know what? This week, screens for everybody. Mom needs to like read a book or take a nap and we all need just downtime. And we're not, I'm not getting that. My kids are. That is significant. You're not saying I'm missing the fun of summer because you're still making time and space for the fun. Mm -hmm. You're missing the chill. The chill. I'm missing the Mm -hmm. chill. And I didn't even completely understand how much I would miss the chill until I've missed the chill. Yeah. So that's, but that, again, it's an expectation, right, of what summer looks like, how it should feel. Um, So I think we all have to just kind of take stock. I think that's what makes summer work or not work is what we think we're going to get out of summer and then what we actually can. So I'm I'm missing the slowdown and I'm a little worried (laughs) if we get back to school, how that's going to feel. Am I going to be really angry and kind of bitter like I've missed it and now we're back into the race and I never got a break? Or is it going to feel like, well... I didn't get as much of a break as usual, but I still got some and I'll be okay. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see. How's Kelly going to be in September? We do still have, we're just barely past the halfway point of our summer. So that's the nice thing is we still have lots of time. And, um, you know, my best friend is encouraging me to just take some days off of work when, cause the other thing is I, if I'm going to take a day off work to chill, I also want it to be nice outside. Like I want to be able to go to the park with my kids or, you know, float in my pool, whatever. So I don't want it to say, well, I'll take off. In three weeks, I'm going to take two days off because what if it's sucky? <laughs> I, need, oh, I need to have well, all the control. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out how to how to work that in. But that's kind of a quick update on my summer of what's working, what's not, and how how things are going. I will say this: the one thing that has been delighting me this summer is that my daughter, who does have chill time, has started to binge Full House, the original <laughs> OG Full House. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. And she is so in love with this show, and I didn't watch it a ton back then. I don't know. I just was, maybe I was too busy with my real life, but it was, it's been so much fun to watch over the shoulder when I come home and she's watching, you know, like three or four episodes and to get caught back up in that and see all the craziness. And that's what summer's for. I feel like, you know, to, to binge watch an old show or just, just to be able to chill. It's been fun to watch her chill. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. Before I get into my answer, I feel like I heard somebody outside of my closet door and this might all get cut, but I'm about to complain about my kids, so I need to make sure there's not somebody on the other side of the store. So hold on just a second. <laughs> Narrator, there were no children outside of her door. Yeah, there, there, there were no children. Okay, we're in the clear. <laughs> okay, so what has surprised me about this summer is how much my kids are arguing. And I'm very blessed that my children, for the most part, get along really well. But I think that part of it is, like, Isaac is two and a half. He's just – he's a whole year older than he was last summer when the kids were home all the time. And so he's saying a lot more. (laughs) So it's, like, a whole nother person in the mix to be cranky and upset about things. Does that – does that make sense? Absolutely. Before, it was just my two oldest going back and forth with each other sometimes. And now there's a third one. Which, like, more than doubles the opportunity for people to be upset with each other. And I will say, Rebecca, I'm not trying to say that you have to have another baby, but three is hard. (laughs) Because there is always, it seems like, one person 
being left out. That is honestly how we ended up with four, partly, is that. Because we had two, and then I had a miscarriage, so there was a break. So then we had three, and I was like, oh, we're going to have to have a fourth. I, I'm 38. I'm way old. Like, let's get her done. It was the pregnancy. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember Taylor turned one. Her birthday's right around mine. We went out to dinner. Corey looked at me, and I said, you know what I'm going to say, right? And he's like, yes, you want another baby. And I'm like, yep, and we got to have this baby fast because I am old, and I want it to be close to Taylor and, like, where I'm just going to, I'm just putting on my big girl panties and being like, come on, let's go. Let's just get knocked up. I just want it over with. I just want it over with. So that's how we had four because three is hard. Three is a hard dynamic. Not that it can't be done. It's done all the time beautifully and it's fine, but it is hard. I'm, I am trying to say in a weird way that what you are feeling is right and normal. Yes. Yes. And it's just surprised me because I think, you know, part of summer I mean, childhood, you know, sibling bickering, that that's like a whole thing. But in the summertime, it's so easy for everybody to have what my mom always calls too much togetherness. Yes. Everybody's just around each other. Just too much. My mom and, said that and, too. And the littlest things start getting on your nerves. It's just too much togetherness. And now that Isaac can vocalize his opinions <laughs> so much more and he has so many more opinions, there's just more people to be sick of each other. <laughs> So that that is um, that's something that I'm currently working through, always working through, and it has really surprised me about the summer. Uh, I will also say something that just flat out is not working is I'm really I'm really struggling and in a lull with like uh, I would say my online work, not mm. the sort of awesome aspect of it, but more the simply Rebecca aspect of it. So you guys know I have a, a blog that I've been doing. This is my tenth year blogging. Ooh. I know I'm a grandma now. <laughs> um, so this is my tenth year blogging. I I say that that would include you know all of my social media channels and like all the things that I do for that. And then there's the sort of awesome aspect of it. Well, I'm a little bit on hiatus with sort of awesome as we're doing this um, stories of awesomes over the summer, which has been great. Also, we've been working behind the scenes a little bit on sort of awesome. You guys know that around on Prime Day we announced that we have a sort of awesome store on Amazon that is basically a directory of our awesomes of the week from all time. Work to put that together. That was so much fun. I'm so excited. If you have not checked it out yet, you must. You can just go. You must. It's so much fun just to look through and see all the things that we used to talk about. So you can put it in your URL is going to be amazon.com slash shop slash sort of awesome. You go there and you can find – it's broken down into different categories. So there's Awesomes of the Week by year, by co-host, and then even by topic. And in the ones in topic – so it's like awesome for kids, awesome books, awesome tech. Those will eventually include more things that we've mentioned on the show that maybe aren't specific Awesomes of the Week. But anything that's listed under a co-host or listed under a year are specific Awesomes of the Week. And that was so much fun to do. And it felt good to have a project that had a clear like beginning and end and to get it done. That was good. Simply Rebecca is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Simply Rebecca is not a clear-cut project. It is like five million projects all at once. And the time to get it done is just, 
There's just no, I mean, there's just not enough time to, to do all the things that I could or should do. There's not enough money to hire all the people to do the things for me. It's just, and it's technical and it's complicated in ways that sometimes, you know, I just want to like take a picture and share what I'm doing. And then it, it's just, okay. Yep. This is why Instagram has become a thing because it's so much easier. It is so much easier. And I have found, I was even literally crying tears to my husband at the dining room table about a week ago and said, I can share on Instagram stories in minutes what takes me hours to share in a blog post. And wrapping my brain around that is so hard. And yet I don't want to invest all of this energy 100% into Instagram and then have Instagram do kind of what Facebook did where it changes, you know, it's in charge of the algorithms and it's in charge of all these things. It's hard to get people to see your stuff. Like I, I own Simply Rebecca and I can control Simply Rebecca. I don't own or control Instagram at all. And so just the pull and the tension between those things is really difficult. When was it? I think it was mid-May. My husband took a week off of work and we swapped roles and he stayed home with the kids four days that week. Um, and those four days I went, essentially went to work and I went to the library and I spent hours a day working on my blog, working on big projects that I wasn't finding time to do. I I think a little behind the scenes with blogging and maybe with any like work is that there are often things that are considered maybe maintenance things to do. So for me, that would look like writing a blog post that would look like posting on social media, sending out newsletters. Those are maintenance things and those take time. And then you have like other projects. Those are fixing things that are technical behind the scenes and like making updates and working on products to sell in the future and big brainstorming things of like where you're going and all that stuff. I have barely the energy, time, motivation, all those things, resources for the maintenance. So this week, that week that I took in May was all about shifting all of my resources to the other things. Right. I'm not going to worry about the maintenance this week. I'm going to do all these things I don't have time to do otherwise. But Kelly, I have probably worked on my blog like what? Four times since then. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe less. But it's summer now. Is that part of the I reason? Know. Okay. First of all, yes, wait. it is part of the reason. I did not know about you and Nate switching roles for like a week. That is such a smart idea. First of all, I feel like we need to talk more about that at some time because that was just really smart. But I feel like it's hard unless you have the mindset that I am now going into summer and nothing will happen again until at least fall. It is hard to do a big project like that in May and then have the expectation that you're going to be able to stay at that pace or like, okay, I'm going to do this again or, you know, because everything falls apart in summer. I think that's, we just don't take that into account enough how much lack of control we have during this season. And it can be good. It can be a good stress, but everything falls apart in summer and we just, there's so many things that I think we think we're going to get to. And then the reality is we just don't. Well, and to try to fight against that, my husband and I have it set up that once a week, for us it's Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday mm-hmm. night is Rebecca's work night. And I leave the house and I go to a coffee shop and I put in some solid hours. And that has been so helpful for me. It's been helpful time-wise. It's been helpful for my mental space. It's been helpful for my husband and my children to validate my work and recognize it as work and say that 
it's worth investing in. We're sacrificing this one night a week. Like that means a lot to me personally. And then May, like it just, I mean, I hear everybody complain about May, but like I had baseball games for my son on Tuesday nights that I just didn't feel comfortable missing. I didn't have to go to all of them, but I didn't want to miss all of them. And then vacation and then summer break. Like I just, I have had one Tuesday. Like one Tuesday. Yeah, right. There's been a lot more than just one Tuesday since right <laughs> since May. That's I've what I mean. I've only had like one Tuesday. It's been so hard. It has been hard. I'm sorry. And that and that sucks. And that, I think that that is like the reality versus the expectation thing is I've had this discussion with my best friend and my sister several times over the last couple of summers. My, my sister works from home. And so when we, we had this thought of, She's like, oh, I can do all these things when the kids are sleeping. But during the summer in particular, it's like, oh, well, but, but this week we have swim lessons. Oh, but this week we have VBS. Oh, but this week. And you know what? That's the whole summer. You only actually had yeah. two weeks that were like, oh, normal, quote unquote, whatever you think normal is going to be. And then we we discount, we downplay like, oh, but we're going to have baseball games and then we're going to travel and then I'm going to be exhausted from traveling so that things don't get done. That's where I think that we just have to be really gentle with ourselves and try to take a big step back. And sometimes it's helpful to, like you said, you've had, you've really only had one Tuesday. Like the expectation is, oh, I'll, I'll do all this in the summer because on Tuesdays, but then there's just not the availability sometimes even. Yeah. And it stinks. <laughs> and there's been times too where we've had, like maybe Tuesday night doesn't work because my husband works late. But then he said to me, okay, well you can go out on Wednesday and that's fine. Except I look at the calendar and I'm like, okay, so I was gone Monday night. He worked late Tuesday night. Uh, He's working late Thursday night and I have something on Friday night. And so all we have is Wednesday and I'm going to go to work. That just doesn't like, that doesn't even feel good to me. Like I don't even want... It's just been a thing. And then I like start to spin out thinking about the future of my online work and what am I doing? And, uh, and I just, I, I just have a mental breakdown. Over it Can you like put it all to the side and be like, Scarlett O'Hara, I will think about this tomorrow. I will think about this in September once the kids are gone. Well, well you know, gone. in a slob, Dana White from a slob comes clean. She takes a break every summer and that's what she does. And she, I even emailed her about something. Um, this summer asking her a question and I got an auto reply back that says, Hey, if you don't hear from me in September, send me another email. But like I take the summers off and I think that she's learned that, that like she needs to do that. Like it's just not possible for her. And yeah, maybe my expectations, I just need to be more gentle with myself, but it's so easy for me to just let like all the frustrations pile on and I'll take like a shower and I will have all the inspiration in the world. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do with it. Yep. I don't have the time, the space, the energy to actually implement any of this fabulousness that I just came up with. Right. So, so that's not really working. It's not it's working. Not working. We have to give ourselves some grace and some space. And I think it depends on your personality type. Some people really beat themselves up for having the intentions and then not fulfilling them. Kind of like, my sister was saying with her list, like, I'm not going to get it done. And then it feels like I've somehow failed, even though I'm the one who set the expectations, you know, like that was my thing. Um, and I think some people just, I think my thing was, I used to just be like, Oh, I will cram it all in, you know? And then I would be short and grumpy and not getting things done well and refusing to admit that time is a thing. (laughs) So we have to know where our weakness is, but the, the solution is just to give ourselves grace and to step back and say, this is not, realistic 
for where I am right now, for my life right now, for whatever it is. And I think that, I think really when we do that, that's when we can get more peace and joy because we have to be able to do it. I will say this, Rebecca, I am 47 and I'm still figuring this out. Like, I think it's a lifelong thing that where we're always constantly learning how to evaluate and, and building this muscle. Just this weekend, I teach a class on Friday mornings at the Y and we have a new, like a new whole, whole new set, you know, of, of songs and routines to learn. And I was really excited about it. The music's really good. So I've been working on it this week and yet at the same time, trying to plan for my daughter's 18th birthday and do all of that and also work a full-time job, mostly full-time. And it was starting to hit me, but like 12 hours before my class, I was still trying to learn new routines, even though my brain was also thinking about all the 18th birthday stuff where I went, wait a minute, you are doing this to yourself. No one is going to care if you teach new songs. You want to, you, you're not going to be able to do it. Like literally you do not have the time. You're going to stress yourself out. You're not going to teach well. You're not going to be able to do the birthday things well. And then you're going to have a whole two hours of like feeling frustrated with yourself afterwards. Stop back away. You can do it next week. And I went, yeah, that's true. But I would never have been able to do that even probably two years ago to be able to say, just let it go. So I love what Dana White is doing that. She's really modeling some beautiful self-care there to say, Hey, I know what my limits are and I'm going to put those boundaries in. That's great. Okay. So should we end with this? I can tell you something that you can do to make yourself feel better. It's alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly. I'm sorry. I'm joking. I'm not joking, but I'm joking because not really. I just have to tell everybody, I have to tell the superstars, you guys, this might end up being an awesome of the week in the fall. I don't know because I'm so excited about it. And it is the thing that I so loved this summer. If I was going to tell you, several of you asked in the questions, like, what if I've been cooking or baking? I don't think there's been anything brand new. I will say if you have not already made the um, chicken coconut curry that Meg talked about in a previous overflow. Oh my word. It's so good. It's so good. I just made it a few weeks ago. It was like, where has this been all my life? It's so good. Eat it all the time. So that's been my favorite new thing this summer. And you guys already knew about it. Mine too. Did did you make it with the like regular yellow curry powder or with the red curry paste? I went and found the red curry paste because I really like Thai food. So I went out and found it and it was wonderful. Well, I need to try it with that. I wasn't able to find it initially, and so I just made it with the yellow curry mm-hmm. powder, and even then, it yeah. was so, so good. So that's so good. Here's what I'm going to say, though, as far as is the drink. So I heard somebody say that last summer was the summer of the canned wine, you know, like the little, the wine that you, comes in a small single-serve can, which is great. It worked for me because I'm the only person in my household who drinks, so a bottle of wine takes a while, and theoretically get stale. I don't think I have enough knowledge to know that it's like, oh, this wine is old. I'm like, I can't tell. But the but the cans were nice. So this summer, it is more like spirits and cocktails that are being put in cans. So I will tell you my favorite. It is a brand called Joya Spirits. It's J-O-I-A. I get these at Trader Joe's in a four pack and a little, although I think at Trader Joe's, they'll let you take any drink out of their liquor store in just a single serve. If you want, they'll, they'll charge you for one. If you're like, I just don't want to buy a package. Um, so you could try it. It's the Greyhound. So the Greyhound is not a new drink. It's grapefruit juice inspired and it's got vodka and other things in it. And this is so good. It's a little sparkly. It's grapefruit juice. So it's a little bit tart, sweet. 
it's just been my favorite like little cocktail and I can keep it in my fridge and pull it out and drink it, you know, whatever, after dinner, when I'm making dinner, whenever I'm like, I think this is a good time. Um, it's just been so good and it's been so easy and it's been fun. And it was a new flavor for me, a new flavor combo. And I think that for a lot of people, a cocktail, they also have a Moscow, Moscow mule version, Joyous Spirits does, you know, unless you're throwing a party or you're going to meet some friends for drinks after work or something, you're not usually going to be coming home from, from work or from taking your kids to swim lessons or whatever and make be like, I'm going to mix up a cocktail now. Well, yeah. And then to like buy all the right. ingredients for it. Yeah. So this is such an easy way to do it. That's been my fun thing. It's been like my little fun summer thing this year. I feel like I should now share a fun summer thing and I don't know if I have any. <laughs> I got myself all riled up and grumpy about my life. That now I'm like, well, that's it. Nothing joyful here. <laughs> I need to pass you a joyous spirits through the screen. If only I could. I think that I prescribed for you a mojito. <laughs> <laughs> no, life is good. I feel like I am really doing well at so my work is suffering, but I feel like my role in mothering yeah. is going really, really well. And I am really enjoying my kids when they're not bickering. And we do have a summer fun list, and we're crossing a lot of things off. And I feel really good about it. It's been a fun summer. But I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah, there's tension. <laughs> there's always tension, right? Yeah. 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 I get it. All right. Well, superstars, we have talked your ear off as usual. We never have problems filling up our time together. We are so thankful for you once again. Thank you for supporting us, for supporting the podcast, and for just being here for us um, as we give Make a Break this summer. So stay tuned. We will be back next month, hopefully with some new shows. Thank you. Bye.